normal isn't coming back, but Jesus is. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. This is the daily podcast hosted by yours truly, Pamela Staten. Welcome, welcome. I'd like to dedicate today's podcast, oh boy, to the entire Staten family. We are really going through it from head to toe. But what I am most thankful for is that my mother listens to the podcast. My two sisters listen to the podcast. And my brother listens to the podcast. So no matter what, the joy that comes on my heart, even when they lean on me, is that all of us at the same time, are in union with the Lord. There is a lot of comfort in knowing that. So hang in there, family. God has us in his grip. And we are praying fervently for each other. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Dear Lord, teach me to be cognizant and grateful for your grace. I know being a vessel for you positions me for positive and negative situations, but you already know the incidents that I will encounter. You already know them and how I need to respond. So before I begin my daily routine, let me seek your divine plan of grace. As I move into expanded territory, your grace is the spiritual compass that will lead me into my new season. My mind may be hesitant because the road ahead is untraveled. However, grace says proceed. Anxiety may attempt to keep me stagnant, but grace pushes me into the next level. And lack of experience may generate fear, but grace stands by to produce faith. Father, I am not aware of the panoramic view of your plan for my life, nor do I fully understand how my past afflictions will benefit me in the future. But I know that Romans 8.28 assures me all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Hope you heard that, Rod. So as you unveil your perfect will for my life, help me to pray for your grace. When your grace opens doors for me, remind me your divine plan is at work. 
And when the tasks seem more than I can handle, please allow grace to speak words of faith to my spirit. Father, I know your purpose for my life can only be achieved with prayer, faith, and grace all working together. As I seek you to fulfill your purpose, I also seek your grace to bring your divine plan into fruition. Based on Philippians 1, I know that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I believe this. I receive it by faith. And I give you praise for your divine grace. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Alleluia. Amen. So let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4 Romans 8, Psalm 84, all in the Holy Bible. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. Don't move. We're coming back with more prayers. Okay, Christianity.com in full motion. Here we go. The consequences of spiritual drifting. The gradual wandering away from God and his will takes place when a believer ceases to steer toward the Lord. A good reference is Hebrews 3. Like an empty boat set loose upon the waters, he or she makes a slow and lazy glide away from good practices like disciplined obedience, regular Bible study, prayer, and assembling with fellow Christians. And there are consequences for casting yourself on uncharted and dangerous waters. A life adrift is outside of God's will and therefore in sin. The Holy Spirit pricks a believer's conscience to send a message when he is off course, but the drifter is prone to ignore such warnings. If a Christian continually excuses his wandering ways and denies sin, then his conscience gradually numbs. 
a person who becomes desensitized to wrongdoing has paved the way for more sinful behavior with less guilt. Can you imagine a more dangerous situation? As the drifting believer's conscience becomes anesthetized against spiritual ears, they're also deadened and truth cannot gain entrance because he has invited wrong attitudes and philosophies into his thinking process. What's more, his heart hardens to the things of God, shrinking away from testimonies about divine power, grace, and mercy. He avoids situations that might reawaken the conscience and stir his spirit of repentance. Stay with me, listen carefully. People drift from God in search of more freedom, more choices, and more pleasure. But since the consequences are a hard heart, a numb conscience, and dead ears, what they end up with is less. The drifting believer sacrifices the victorious life in Christ for an existence devoid of permanent satisfaction. Amen. Wow. Right? Wow. And then... The consequences of drifting are far greater than we would even think, right? Yeah. And now let's talk about the consequences of sin. And it can start right with Genesis chapter 3. Christians tend to categorize sins, rating some as small and inconsequential, but others as huge and far-reaching in the damage they cause. In reality, no one sins in isolation. Each disobedience to God affects not only the sinner, but also countless others in both the present and the future. If we were to separate Adam and Eve's sin from its context, few of us would convict them of a great transgression. All they did was swallow some fruit from a tree with a do not eat sign on it, for instance. Today, people think nothing of ignoring commands even biblical ones. So, <clears throat> God has a totally different view of our sins. Each one is followed by negative consequences. Adam and Eve's disobedience led to pain and frustration 
in two basic areas of fulfillment, relationships and meaningful work. The whole earth fell under sin's curse and every person born since then has entered the world with a sin nature that alienates each one from the Lord. The first rebellion plunged humanity into a terrible condition. Civilization is even now plagued by countless ramifications of the innumerable sins committed by human beings throughout the ages. Is it any wonder the world is in such sad shape? Sin not only causes suffering, it robs us of God's best. The Garden of Eden is closed and locked forever to sinful mankind. The good news of Christ's grace and forgiveness is for our real hope in this fallen world. Though unpleasant, focusing on sin's consequences is necessary at times to remind us of the greatness of our salvation and to move us to obey God even in the small things. Each obedience is huge to him. Amen. I love it. But then again, you know, I love so much. (laughs) Stay right there. We'll be right back with more. Good morning, God. You are ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't walk alone. Please close your eyes and bow your head. This is a meditation of praise for God's watchful eye, coming from prayers from the wilderness. Father, as I start this day, only you know what I will encounter. Realizing your watchful eye is my protection provides me with comfort and strength. It is my assurance I am not alone. You watch over my life, providing a barrier from hurt and harm. I praise you for watching over me so I do not have to swim through unfamiliar waters with no direction or plan. I know your intentions are all-encompassing, and they include problems that surprise me but are unknown to you. I praise you for guiding me with your eye from danger to safety, from darkness to light, and from sorrow to joy. I am continuously amazed by your omnipresence. As you watch over me, Lord, you are simultaneously 
overseeing the affairs of the universe. The fact that you consider me to have significance in the grand scheme of the world is awesome. And it's proof of your unconditional love for me. I praise you for leading me away from people who desire to poison my mind and my spirit and ushering in those who know your language of love and faith. Thank you, Patty. But I also praise you for the unbelievers in my life for whom I can be a living example. Father, I am so thankful every day is a new experience with you. I marvel at the ways in which you lead me. Sometimes it is morning prayers confirmed with a word from a sermon. Sometimes you place your discernment in my spirit. And sometimes it is a clear word from the Holy Spirit telling me what I need to do and where I need to go. But it is always, always, always your love being poured into my life. So Lord, I praise you for your protection. I praise you for your love. And I praise you and thank you for your continuous leading and watchful eye. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow for they know his voice. John chapter 10 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Amen. Alleluia. As I open up my Bible at the start of each day, I lift my eyes to heaven and I most sincerely pray, Lord, Open up my heart and mind and hear these words today. I want to understand you, Lord. Please hear these words I say. These stories that were written so many years ago hold the way to my salvation. Your word has told me so. I thank you for my life, Lord, the blessings of your son, for my family, friends, and neighbors. I love them every. And when I close my eyes, Lord, at the ending of each day, 
I will praise. I will praise. I will praise my Father up in heaven for the gifts he sent my way. Amen. Lord, I am receiving your gifts. Thank you, Jesus. I am receiving your gifts. Amen. Be right back. God's promises day by day. Job chapter 5 verse 18. He bruises but he binds up. He wounds but his hands make whole. Oh, the hands of Jesus. Hands of incarnation at his birth. Hands of liberation as he healed. Hands of inspiration as he taught hands of dedication as he served and hands of salvation as he died. Well, the same hands that stilled the seas stills your guilt. The same hands that cleanse the temple cleanses your heart and those hands are the hands of God pray that that hand of God is pointed (laughs) in your direction God's way day by day Obeying God's commands, Matthew 19, you shall not commit adultery. Every one of God's commands related to other people exists so that both you and the other person will be in a position to avoid harm. God's command, you shall not commit adultery, was given that your heart might not be broken. Your marriage might not be destroyed. Your reputation might not be damaged. Your future might not be impaired. And your standing of innocence and purity before God might not be tainted. The commandment, when kept, yields a benefit to others and to society as a whole. But the primary beneficiary in keeping the commandment is the person who keeps it. We are primary beneficiaries because we're going to keep the commandments. 
Amen. God's purpose for your life. Daniel 19. God granted Daniel favor and compassion. If you've read the story of Daniel, you'll know that he was a young Hebrew man who obeyed God even when it was costly to him. Daniel had been taken captive to Babylon, a nation that worshiped pagan deities and was forced into the service of King Nebuchadnezzar. As such, Daniel was given royal cuisine that had been first dedicated to idols, food that the Lord had prohibited the Jewish people from consuming. So Daniel had to decide whether it was better to obey God or risk angering this cruel foreign king or to disobey the Lord and please Nebuchadnezzar. So at face value, the question for Daniel was about food, but he could have rationalized it that he was a servant and had no choice. But the real issue was allegiance to God. So Daniel resolved to honor the Lord, yay, regardless of what it cost him. And God blessed him for it. You better believe it. So today, listeners, we may face difficult decisions about following God despite pressures from others. And we will be tempted to do what is expedient to protect ourselves. But remember, the Lord is your true defender. So be like Daniel and obey God's commands despite how fearful the challenge. Let me repeat that. Obey God's commands despite how fearful the challenge. Because when you honor him, he will certainly prove himself faithful. Amen. I pray you don't have that decision to make. But if you do, choose God. Jesus, I know you are my mighty warrior and true defender. I will obey. I will protect. I will ask for you to protect and vindicate me, your servant. Amen. The word of God is powerful. Period. Following God is power. Period. God strengthens us and gives us his power, period. When you walk with God, you are protected, 
period. Brothers and sisters, we are walking with God. He is holding our hand and our other hand is grabbing the hand of another brother and sister. At least that's what we should be doing. Period. Bye for now.